welcome back to Pop Topic. We're here to discuss all the latest news for the first week of 2022. I'm your co-host, Quentin Phillips, and then to help break down all the latest news, we have Tristan. How are you doing today? Doing great, man. Doing great. Yeah, is this a new year, new you? Are we going to have some new content? Feeling completely revitalized here in 2022, Quentin. Yeah. Letting go, forgetting all the... the that happened in 2021 and they uh, looking forward to the future 2020 was pretty great actually not, not, nothing bad happened in 2021 uh but 2022 is gonna be even better that's right is, is there any movie that you're excited for for 2022 i guess if we're talking about the upcoming year as a whole hmm. there's honestly I, I i really come to a blank on what movies are even coming out this year i kind of only know movies coming out within the first like three months of the year and within those three months there's a good couple i'm excited for uh, the new Scream movie is probably like the next movie I'm, I'm probably going to go out to the theater to go watch. It's a new Scream film. Uh, I'm also very excited for the new Batman movie. You, you know I'm a huge Batman fan, so whenever we get a new interpretation of the bats on the big screen, I'm always excited for that. So those are probably my two most anticipated movies as of right now, just for the next couple of months. How about you? Anything you're looking forward to? Yeah, when is Batman coming out? I am, I'm really excited for that one. I, I thought it was like March 14th or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's like March 2, around. which is a bit of a red flag. But aside from that, uh, I'm, I'm very excited for it. It looks great. Paul Dano is the Riddler, which is super exciting. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's going to be the best blockbuster of the year. I think it's going to be fun. March is a bit of a weird time to be releasing this movie. Yeah. I think the last time they released a Batman movie in March, I think. Batman v Superman was March, was it not? Maybe. I, I blocked out Batman v Superman, so, you know. Yeah, that one was pretty rough. That was around that. It might have been April. It was around March, April, around there, beginning of springtime. Yeah. I, I, I'm excited for this Batman movie. The fact that it's coming out in March doesn't, surprise, doesn't scare me too, too much, only because I think DC just really afraid to go up against Marvel now because they've consistently lost. So I think they're they're just trying to find a period of time when there's no Marvels coming out around then. And Doctor Strange is going to be a little, little earlier in the year. I don't think... The next Marvel movie still took closer to the summertime. So they're trying to wedge themselves in between all the Marvel madness going on and finding a little slot they could hopefully have a, some room to breathe. Well, I also think it's because DC has two, three other DCEU movies this year. It's going to be a huge DC year. And so I think Batman is their least blockbustery of the ones that they're having. This one's going to definitely be more of like a noir uh you know spy or i guess more like a yeah movie. the other one from this year is aquaman and shazam and flash is the next year or is flash this year and aquaman next year uh black adam's also this year right no bad, bad. black adam not shazam shazam's next year for sure shazam's not this year yeah black adam, black adam aquaman uh yeah i think it's just the two of those i that's what i thought too yeah i think a uh flash is until next year yeah but i remember looking at like the i quickly checked what movies are coming out so i can set up rankings for the upcoming year and yeah i, I remember thinking oh well i guess i'm gonna have to do dceu because it's a big dc year it, it does seem to be like we haven't had any dceu movie uh this year right and last year we had birds of prey and that was it that's a good point actually right? we had none this year that's interesting unless you count uh justice league that's i guess technically that counts yeah yeah, I'd count. yeah, I mean, I think technically it's not part of the universe, but I think at this point the entire universe is frazzled and no one knows what's in it or what's not in it. So I have no idea. It was a DC movie that came out this year, at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, at the very least, there's that. I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm counting it for the ranking, just because I think we need to discuss both Justice Leagues at the same time. Yeah, I would too, just so you can compare the two Justice Leagues. Yeah, 
yeah, it'd be weird to acknowledge the original, but not, you know, the better made one. Yeah. Even though technically the original is still, I believe, part of the DCEU and Zack Snyder's is not. Right. Yeah. And I so the, think, the, the uh, original yeah, one is canonical and the, the, yeah. the remake was not. Yeah, I think it's because Warner Brothers, you know, isn't a big fan of the Snyder anymore. Yeah, well, there also was a massive shakeups at Warner Brothers this year, so who knows what that could mean for their relationship with Snyder going forward, right? Because a lot of the executives and higher-ups at Warner Brothers have all shifted and moved around and stuff. So who knows? I, I agree with you a couple last year or so where the, the former executive team seemed to be done with, with Snyder's Snyder shenanigans. But uh, yeah, who knows what this new, this new group in Warner Brothers HQ is going to be scheming up. Yeah, because the guy that greenlit... Zack Snyder's Justice League on the service. He got fired for doing that, right? Uh, not specifically for doing that. I believe he was also this guy who greenlit putting all the theatrical release movies on HBO Max uh, day and day release. Same guy. Uh, that might have had a bigger reason for it. Okay, he did both of those. You know what I like? I that think guy. it was the same guy. Or at least another guy who greenlit the movies going on the same day and day. He got he was let go for sure. Uh, okay. Whether or not he was the same guy who greenlit the Snyder Snyder film or not, I got no idea. Okay, yeah, I heard the guy that greenlit Snyder got fired, but yeah, maybe it's. I think it was the same dude. I think, well, I don't think fired, I think laid off is a technical term because the company did sell, then remerge with like Discovery or whatever. It was some weird business deal going on there. And I think a lot of the executives got very handsome severance package to leave the company. So I was just like, how funny would it be if, yeah, he gets fired for putting the Snyder uh, movie up? And then the new company goes, you know what? We. Now run Warner Brothers and Zack Snyder's Just League was pretty good. You know what? We're gonna continue using Zack Snyder and the guy that like started it all got fired for it. I think that'd be pretty funny. It would be pretty good. It'd be some <laughs> yeah. the opposite of poetic justice, whatever that is. Yeah. yeah, he's sitting at home. He's like, unbelievable. That was my idea. That's what some I want. Poetic chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A real Snyder fan on Twitter. I wonder if yeah, he's one of those eggheads on Twitter. <laughs> Aren't we all? Uh, that's true. I, I got at least three accounts. You know, you got to re represent my boy. Yeah, well, half the tweets you see that say restore the Snyderverse, half of those are from my bot accounts. I just keep making more and more fake yeah. accounts and continue yeah. to tweet out restore that's the right. Snyderverse. Yeah, I, I prefer the hashtag release the air cut. I've been doing that a lot lately. Yeah. You know that airplane that flew above Warner Brothers HQ that said release the Snyder cut trailing behind? I was going to pay for that. <laughs> I was in the passenger seat, actually. That was, I didn't that even was know me. that was a thing, but it doesn't surprise me Tristan did it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know all the billboards in Times Square saying release the Snyder Cut? I had nothing to do with those. Those, those were me. <laughs> I, just was uh, like, I don't, I don't know, know who that was. No, that, that, I don't know who the crazy guy did that was. Yeah. It may have been our other brother. We're all big Snyder fans. <laughs> we're all big Snyder heads over here. Yeah, at the Hilton House. <laughs> yeah that's what they call Born it. and raised. Yeah. So I have seen every single Zack Snyder movie. And in fact, I think he was the first director I've seen all the movies of. <laughs> I didn't even do it on no. purpose. I'll eventually do the, the Snyder binge for a podcast. Um, hopefully he releases a film maybe this year because I want to do it soon before I have to rewatch the four-hour Justice League because I don't want to do that again. Well, he released three movies this year. The man was prolific. Yeah, I thought he only released Wait. two. Army of the Dead, this one, and what was the other one? Oh, was Army of Thieves not actually him? Oh, yeah, no, he was a producer. He didn't direct it. Oh, okay, okay. I just knew it was like a sequel of his movie. Right, That's he scared me. I thought he did three in one year that, that that'd be pretty crazy it is still weird that they had a, a movie and then a sequel come out the exact same year yeah well netflix just you know they, they they're uh endless machine they're ready to go did you ever see army of thieves 
I did not. I watched Army of the Dead, um, and I thought it was fine. It was not worth me revisiting the sequel. Yeah, that's pretty much where I was, too. Although I do like the character the sequel's made, at, you know, based on. I think and it takes place for four zombies, and I don't care about zombies. So I, I might think, like this one a yeah, little more. I think he was fine for army of the dead but a entire movie based off of him sounds pretty painful to me i thought he was a fine side character as a lead that would seem like a little too much yeah i like heist movies though heist movies yeah. are always yeah, yeah, yeah well that was the big draw for me yeah i do like heist films i also like zombie films though i don't hate zombie movies they just don't excite me you yeah. know i get more excited by a heist film than a zombie yeah yeah this i think for like a month or two this year i, I was in a uh, zombie binge so i watched quite a few zombie movies Oh, so so, and I think that was roughly when Army of the Dead came out as well. So it was perfect timing. I might have not watched it otherwise, but no, I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, well, zombie films—you kind of just get in the mood for it, I guess. And you know, I, I'm enough. very much excited for the Batman, but I think the movie I, the two I'm the most excited for. One of them is not confirmed yet, but Babylon. I'm excited for that one because it's you know Brad Pitt as the lead, the director of Whiplash and La La Land. Uh, and then I, I think the other film I'm excited for is The Flower of the Killer Moon. Is that what it's called? Uh, the next Martin Scorsese film. Yeah, that one's got, that's the one that has a... Um, Jesse Clemens. Jesse Clemens. I knew his last name was Clemens. I was trying no, to think Clemens. of his first name. I was going to call him Evan Clemens, but I, I, that didn't sound right to me. Jesse Clemens. All right. There you are. <laughs> Jesse <laughs> Clemens. He kind of looks like an Evan, though, in my defense. Yeah, he does kind of look like an Evan. You know, I, I feel that. I wouldn't be surprised if his name was Evan. Yeah. So, yeah, Jesse Plemons, Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, that's all you need. And Brandon Fraser's in it. We haven't seen him in a while. Well, that's that's what you need, Quentin. Yeah. There's the sauce. It's a good trio. Good trio. I'm pretty excited for it. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. I'm not super stoked about the the three and a half hour runtime that we all know it's going to have, but (laughs) it's probably going to be pretty damn good. (laughs) Is Oppenheimer something about this year or is that not until next year? Uh, that's not until next year, I believe. I didn't think so. I was I was pretty sure it wasn't until next year, but I'm excited yeah. for Oppenheimer. And the Killer Moon is like slated for the end of next like, of this year, but you know I'm I'm not gonna hold my breath. You know, Scorsese. Is it a Netflix movie? Uh, it's an Apple movie. Oh, huh, interesting. Which actually, I, I guess we can quickly talk about. It. I was thinking about it. I think Apple really has lived by their statement that we all kind of joked about. What has it been about two years now since they became an official streaming service? I think it's about two years, yeah. Yeah, and that was they said we're here for quality and not quantity. And at the beginning, we're like, you guys only have five things on there. We're like, Jason Momoa, what, like, couldn't see or something. And then the morning show, like, they didn't have that much. But they really have lived by that statement of quality over quantity. Because I think every single thing I've seen from that service is incredible like I, I every movie i've seen from them is a four star or higher uh for, I, I yeah i think i've only seen a couple things from apple plus but it actually was logged into apple plus for the first time today because our brother using like a free trial or whatever so i'm checking out what's on there now coda i just want finished watching that before we start podcasting here okay and so i uh i haven't seen much from disney plus from apple plus i mean but from what i have seen i agree with you it's all been quite quite, quite good for sure yeah, and I haven't seen their TV shows, but obviously Ted Lasso is one of the most well-regarded shows of the last few years. I haven't seen it, but you know I do. Yeah, Ted Lasso heard lots of good things about it. it. Doesn't quite seem like my kind of thing, but yeah. I've heard lots of good reviews about it. 
Yeah, same here. The only thing that would interest me is that Jason Sudeikis is the lead. That's the yeah. that's the thing that very much interests me. Yeah, yeah, it's not something that our mom would like more than me and you, or, me or you would like. Yeah, yeah, uh, if, yeah. If I ever get Disney or I guess Apple Plus, uh, I'll probably try a few episodes and see if I like it because you know it is pretty popular. But yeah, the uh, there's Wolf Walkers that we saw last year. We both liked that movie. Those are the two I've seen. I've seen Wolf Walkers and Coda, and I don't think I've seen anything else from there yet. Well, we have two more things I got to watch for our uh, for our list that are going to be on Disney Plus. I want to watch those within a couple weeks here. On Apple Plus. I mean Apple Plus. I meant to say. What's the other one? Because there's Tragedy of Macbeth. And what was the third one? I forget. Uh, Come from away. Oh, that's Apple Plus. I didn't know that. It is Apple Plus. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard great things about that as well. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Mind uh, you, that's a live performance. They just bought the rights to stream right, it on their right. program. Not like they had anything Apple had anything to do with making of the Broadway musical. But same with Disney and Hamilton, so they still got the write-up for it, in my opinion. Same with Coda. They didn't make Coda. They don't know the great thing to watch on their streaming service. Yeah, and like the same with Coda, right? They didn't make it. They just bought it. And that's true. And you know what? That's the same thing with a lot, most of Disney stuff, Marvel and Star Wars and everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that tends to be how it goes for a lot. But yeah, I agree. Everything I've seen from them has been really good. So I, I, I just noticed that a few days ago because I just watched Macbeth. And then I obviously liked Coda, so I thought, wow, I feel but like. But I, I do think that that does bring a tough question, though, here. Quentin, do you have an Apple TV subscription? I don't. I know. Why? Why, why not? Because <laughs> I like qual a quantity. I want to. Because there's not. Because yeah. I feel like once you have it for like two months, you've probably seen everything you have to see on it. Yeah. Which I think is a really great idea. Then just get it for a month or two. You don't have to keep streaming subscriptions all the time. Yeah. You can get one for a month or two and just cancel it, right? So get Apple Plus if, if there's stuff on there interests you for like one month, ten bucks. Watch all the stuff you want on there and then cancel it. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, if I ever wanted to revisit Macbeth or Coda, and then get into my Ted Lasso binge, yeah, just get it for a month and you can just quickly watch everything you need to check out. And then a year later, get it for another month and see what they got else. I, I think their service has some really good content, but I agree. It's hard to reason you would get apple plus over other subscriptions that would have you know a lot more content for you to binge how much is it for you to get for like a month or so do you have any idea i've never looked into it i'm going yeah. to assume probably about like 10 bucks they all yeah. seem to be averaging about 10 bucks but like i said have it for a month or two i feel you probably get use out of it having it for like a year i don't know what you're going to consistently be watching on there to make it worth you know having it for an extended period of time but the stuff i have seen on there i've, I've really enjoyed yeah, and I think for a month, for 10 bucks, 10 bucks is worth the price alone of just watching some of those films. So yeah, they, they got great stuff. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do think if you buy like new Apple products, you get like a six-month subscription for free or a year subscription for free, right? I don't know for sure, but that would make sense in my mind. That, that sounds. I'm like pretty sure I've heard that. I think my, my, one of my friends bought like a new phone or something. He, he mentioned that to me. And if so, I do feel like I'll probably, I'm, I'm going to guess a lot of their users are probably just people who have Apple products are getting that for free, at least for the first couple of years when Apple TV is out while they're building their category, catalog of movies and films and stuff. And in five to 10 years, we could be seeing a streaming service that has a lot of really great stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. If they Honestly, yeah. If every year they just keep adding a couple of really solid films. Yeah, their library will eventually uh, be really great. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if we'd see Apple acquire... A smaller studio somewhere along the line. Most likely, in my opinion, it'll probably be like a, like a uh, an independent art house type of studio, not like one of the big block box office type studios. But I won't be surprised if we see them acquire more 
more intellectual property that way as well. Yeah, definitely depends on how committed they are to this streaming service. Right, it, it, or or in a couple of years, I can see them just giving up on it and selling everything off to another streaming service. Yeah, yeah, I can see that being an out, outcome as well. If I could take a guess, I think it will either be Netflix or Disney. They seem to like to pick up stuff. I was, yeah, Netflix or Disney, yeah, doesn't, I can see Disney doing it. I was also thinking Prime, only because I know Prime seems real hungry to buy anything they can right now. Like They just buy MGM. They, they, I think Prime can kind of feel like they're falling behind on quality content, and so they're looking to spend money to catch up. Bezos got tons of money to go around. Got a lot of cash. But I don't know if you guys look through, if you're looking for a Christmas movie this year, because I was, and so I thought I'd flip over to Prime and see what Christmas movies Amazon Prime has. And I think they have like one or two big hitters, and the rest is all Hallmark movies, and boy, is it hard to find anything on there to watch. <laughs> I think they have, is it like Elf or Why Can't They? Like one Christmas movie that I was looking for, I'm like, oh, Prime has it. So I watched it. Then after I finished it, I'm like, what else does Prime have for Christmas movies? And they had nothing. They had like the one movie I was wanting to watch, and that was it for Christmas movies. So I don't know if the rest of Prime's catalog is, is deeper than the Christmas stuff is, but it was pretty sparse. Yeah, I just think Prime also needs to change their interface. Theirs has always Oh, been their bad. UI is dreadful. It's dreadful. Yeah, it's it the worst awful. looking one. It, well, that and half the stuff on there isn't on Prime, and of course now everyone knows. Look what's in the corner, you know, little little banner in the corner. I'll let you know if it's on there or not. But you shouldn't have to do that when you're on a streaming service that you're paying for. No, I agree. It, it's it's terrible. I don't understand. If they want like a, a tab where you can hit things for rent, like a rent tab where you can yeah. rent, you know, newer movies or different movies, that's fine to have. But don't have it on the home page, you know, advertising to you, you know, things that aren't actually on there. Or when you type in the search bar and it pops up, oh, but it's not actually on there, right? Things like that. That's it's real annoying. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Disney Plus at all, but I think their interface is the best. I think it looks gorgeous. I think Disney, Disney's UI is really great. Do you know which user interface isn't very good either? What? Crave. So Crave's, if you Crave's a Canadian version of HBO Max, basically. Um, and so I have Crave, and I was watching McMillions. We talked about that last podcast, I think, the, uh, the McDonald's sc- uh, scam. I, I watched five episodes of it, right? And I went to bed. I woke up the next day. I just want to watch the last episode. I want to finish the show I was watching. So I turned on my TV. I went to Crave. And you would assume one of the first things you would see on there is continue watching. Or, or you know, it would advertise to me. I have one episode left. They're most likely I'm going to go on there to finish it. And I had to scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. I looked forever to find where I could find this one last episode of McMillions that I was just watching last night. I ended up having to go back to the top, go to the search bar, type in the full thing in order for it to then pop up. When I hit M, it still didn't pop up. I had a whole bunch of other stuff with M. I type in the whole title and then hit enter. I can finally find it. I don't know why it's so difficult for me to find something I was in the middle of watching. They should have known I was going to want to go finish it. I would feel most people have one episode left of the show. They want to finish it. And I couldn't find it anywhere on the homepage at all. Yeah, which is funny because HBO Max's interface, you know, obviously in Canada, we don't have the service. But from what I've seen, it looks it looks like they took a similar step to Disney's and it, it looks fantastic. Uh, the, the look of the Crave one looks nice. It's aesthetically pleasing. It's just things that you're looking for, I find, are very hard to find. And yeah. even more than just that one McMillions example, I find things in there, they're tough to find sometimes. I think the, the way they categorize things is weird to me, and the way they present things to you, like, you know, the AI doesn't seem very good at predicting what I actually want to watch at all. Right. Their algorithm for per- suggesting things for you to watch doesn't seem anywhere near as useful as Netflix, which probably is the most useful as predicting things you'd actually like to watch. Yeah, yeah, Netflix is pretty good with that. Uh, Disney's terrible at predicting it too, because I watched Wreck It Ralph on Disney Plus once, and then after I watched it, it said movies you'd be interested in. Ralph breaks the internet, and I went Disney Plus. You don't know me at all. 
<laughs> I had no interest in watching that. How dare they even think that would want to watch that disaster? Yeah, they, they clearly need to get a step up there. Mind yeah. you, I guess I guess I should talk Netflix here for the same thing, actually. I'm thinking about it. Because I watched after, right, <laughs> for our podcast. And after I finished watching it, I was like, well, time to watch a sequel. That movie was so good. I got to watch what happens next. So I, I wanted to watch the sequel. I don't all the movies that pop up for suggested for you, I scrolled through them. Couldn't find After 2. I assumed it wasn't on Netflix then. So I pulled up my laptop and watched it on my laptop instead. And then Hayden told me the next day, it was on Netflix. I was like, no, it's not. And he searched up and sure enough, it was on Netflix the whole time. They just didn't suggest it for me after I watched the first one. I was the one that told you that, Tristan. I told you on the podcast. Were you? The, was it on the podcast? I don't know if it was you or him. I think someone told me. I don't know if it was on the podcast or before we started recording. It might have been before. You know, now it was you. You're right. It was you. Yeah. I can't remember the podcast or not, but it's when we're calling for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty annoying. I, I feel like if you have the sequel to a movie someone just finished watching on the streaming service, that should be the one you suggest next for them to watch. Not Tristan, some other. This is, this is why Netflix is the best. Because unlike Disney, they would yeah. recommend the garbage sequel that nobody should want to see. Instead, they Netflix. recommended <laughs> They recommended like, a kissing booth. Oh, trust which us. is a movie I do really like that yeah. is similar to After, but significantly better. Yeah, no, Netflix is like, no, trust us. You do not want to watch the sequel. <laughs> that We are not recommending that. Yeah, just watch Kissing Booth for the hundredth time. You'd love yeah. that shit. Yeah, Netflix knows what's up. They so, know what we like. Yeah, their algorithm is prime. They they know what to not recommend. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But a movie that people have been recommending, and really the top story of the last few weeks, Tris, is obviously Spider-Man No Way Home. We did a big, long discussion about it, really, uh, for the Spider-Man franchise ranking. If you guys haven't listened to it, uh, when I edited it, it dawned on me that about the two-hour length of the podcast, 45 minutes, was just us talking about the newest No Way Home. So a good third of the podcast itself was just us discussing the newest movie. Well, that also kind of acts as our review for the newest film as well. Yeah, sort of a, yeah, yeah. It exactly. works as both a Spider-Man ranking and a review of No Way Home at the same time. You get a little bit. I really thought we were about to say 45 minutes of the movie was spent discussing. I thought you were about to say Spider-Man 3. I thought we said that long talking about Spider-Man 3, which has to be the movie we spent the second amount of time talking about, right? Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we probably spent the second longest amount on that. Yeah, I thought that was going to be 45 minutes. Uh, we talked about that one for a while. Yeah, uh, surprisingly, the, the the two movies, you know, I'm not going to spoil what the ranking here, but the two movies that, made, that were at the very end, uh, we, we, we breezed by them after we were done discussing No Way Home we're, for 45 That's all minutes. of our podcast, all of our rankings, though. The last couple, I think one, we're kind of just tired at that point in time of talking yeah. about Spider-Man <laughs> movies or movies in general, whatever the category is. And two, they're also ones that we all clearly agree are really good. So there's not a lot to no discuss just, besides saying, this movie's really, really great. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. I don't want to spoil it for you. Or if you have seen it, you already know it's really, really great. There's yeah. not a lot to argue or defend there when movies are just inherently going to be good. I agree. And I, I've noticed that it has been a trend for a lot of rankings is the very first few movies are pretty short. We just agree. This sucks. Very, very end of the podcast, super short. We all agree it's amazing. Uh, the juice of the podcast is... The middle content, where obviously some of us like it and some of us don't. So, I, yeah, I agree. That tends to be how it works. Yeah, or also Juice of Podcasts, movies that we really hate. Like, like Last Days of American Crime, I think we spent 30 minutes just shitting on that one movie, even though it was the very first movie in the ranking. It was just awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, I do think the very first one. Uh, we're, we're out guns blazing, Trista. We got the well, list. Yeah, ready. we have a lot of energy. We got a pepper. Yeah. Except we're, yeah. we're locked <laughs> in the here. We're ready to go. Yeah. 
yeah that, we're just excited point. at that point yeah yeah i think the first one we discussed for spy man uh, was longer than like the next two we were like oh yeah this one sucks but the first one you know you, you're amped you're ready to go you really are yeah that and typically the one that comes in dead last there's a special reason so why it's worse than the other clearly bad movies right there's a reason why you put that one dead flat more not the second but you know, I wish we said the same for like the ones that we we love. But yeah, exactly. You know, after two hours of talking, you get a little tired of talking about Spider Man. Well, that and typically the movies that are really bad, I'm not going to suggest people go and watch. So I'll just tell you why they're awful and why you shouldn't watch it. A movie that's really <laughs> yeah. good though, I wouldn't want to spoil it. So I'm like, hey, just go watch this movie. Trust me, you're going to really like it. Unless you hate Spider Man, but I don't know why you listen to that podcast anyways. So it's kind of like I don't really want to talk about too too much about the really great movies. Because if people haven't seen them yet, then they most definitely should without any spoilers. If people have seen them, they already know why they're fucking great. They've seen them. Guys, go check out the Spider-Man ranking that we did uh, to hear. It was a pretty good ranking, if I say so myself. I think we kind of crushed that one. Yeah, I I thought it was a very fun one, especially uh, for movies like Spider-Man 3. I thought we went full out, baby. I think it's also something that me and you, we clearly, we love Spider-Man for, for decades now. We've grown up Spider-Man yeah. being our favorite hero, so we're, yeah, we we're pretty much all in on the Spider-Man yeah, we, We've had decades studying these films. We really have. We've, we've been a uh, Spider-Man heads for a while now. We've web heads from the beginning here. Yeah, that's what they call us. Yeah, we, they, they call us the Snyder Boys and the Web Heads. Exactly. That's what, that's what imagine if Snyder made a Spider-Man movie to us a game oh. over. That, I, I, I blew up with excitement. That'd be it. I would die a happy man if that happened. That'd be it. He'd somehow it. find a way to make to ruin Spider-Man for me, I swear. Yeah, four-hour movie of Spider-Man in like a bunch of gray colors. Fantastic. Can't wait. Hey, if they want to make a four-hour cut of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, I'm all there for it. I'm watching the whole thing. I want a four-hour cut of Spider-Man 3. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Just you know what, it might actually all make sense if they made a four-hour cut. They, they, actually, four hours would help actually make it a logical story. I agree. Well, actually, probably really great. I feel like a four-hour cut of Spider-Man 3 could actually knock it out of the park. Yeah, I, I hope there's like an extra five more minutes of him dancing. That's all it. That's all I want. Oh, quit. We got four hours. <laughs> yeah, we got tons of time. time. If you want to actually see us discuss the film itself, you can listen to the podcast. Uh, where we ranked all the Spider-Man films, but we're, we're mostly just here to discuss like the news around this movie, right? Like, like there's a lot going on here, Tristan, with Spider-Man No Way Home, including uh, one that we briefly mentioned on the actual ranking uh, and our analysis for it, but we didn't touch on it too much. This film is in the top 10 IMDb of all time. Yeah. That's really high. That, yeah. That's insane. Actually, here, let me actually go to IMDb because I, I, you know, it moves around, especially since it's so new. I'm curious as to where it's officially at. Because it's so new, I feel like that probably was for the first couple days. It's probably would settle somewhere a little more reasonable, but still, you know, quite high for being a good movie because it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm but, sure it'll drop a bit. Um, top 10 feels a little, a little wacky to me. Okay, I, I, it's actually dropped quite a bit since. I figured, I figured. Yeah. Since it's broke out uh, last week, I believe the news was that it was at number eight, correct? I, the top 10. Sounds about right. Yeah, but now it's dropped twice as much. It is now number 16. So it's still in the top 10. Yeah, it's still pretty good, though. This is of all movies of all time, right? Yeah. It's a lot of um, right below Empire Strikes Back, which is at number 15, and right above number 17, not Matrix 4, but the original Matrix. Okay, so these must be fan-voted things then, right? Not critic? 
Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's the IMDb. Which See, I don't know how IMDb it. does it. I, I don't really use IMDb too much. Neither do I, but yeah. Anyone, wrong can, videos, man, anyone can do it. Gotcha. Okay. So I figured when you started saying the movies that were in the top 20 with Empire and Matrix, I'm like, okay, so these aren't critics. These are clearly fans. Which, you know, that makes sense. That kind of makes sense, I guess. Because also at this point, I feel like the number of votes have will matter, right? That'd be a popular movie to get lots of votes. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah. There's something that shocked me, uh, just looking at it now. All three Lord of the Ring films are in the top 15. The Lord of the Ring movies are, are very popular. Yeah, but all three. I, you know, I normally, I see. I think they just... all won an Oscar, though, didn't they? No, no, only the third one. Really? I think they were. Well, maybe they've like won Oscars, but like only the third one won Best Picture and won like. Oh, I know that's the only one that won Best Picture, but I think the other ones all won at least a Oscar. I thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the other two both won like visual effects or like one of the smaller music, awards. even yeah. Yeah, I think like maybe they won one each. I know Fellowship. I actually, I think all three were nominated for Best Picture. At least Fellowship won. Yeah, because I think Fellowship won like two or three, and I think Two Towers only won one, and the Lord then Return of the King won like eleven. Yeah. And holds the record. <laughs> yeah. tied, tied for the record for best. Yeah. For most wins. Yeah, I believe tied with two other films, right? I think so. But isn't that the only one that was nominated for 11 wins? I know one movie. I know there's a couple that are tied with 11 wins each. But one of them was nominated for 11 and won all 11. So it has the best win percent. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was Fellowship. Unless I'm... I think it's sorry, Fellowship. Sorry, I think yeah. that was Return of the King. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Return of the King. Yeah. Which is but quite yeah. impressive for Return of the King to be... The most really? decorated movie of all time for the Oscars. Tristan, you're tying this in so well for me. The second big point for Spider-Man No Way Home that I want to discuss is now apparently Marvel and Disney itself is pushing this to be a best picture contender for the Oscars. They want to give this an Oscar push now. Uh, you know, the beginning of the year, Tristan, we sat in this very room, I believe on this very week, to discuss Eternal's chances at winning the Oscar next year. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. But do we think Spider-Man has the chance? Uh, winning? Absolutely not. Getting a nom? I mean, possibly? Because this, correct me if I'm wrong, Quentin, this is the first year where we're to do the mandatory 10 noms yep. for Best Picture, right? Yeah. Okay, so we have to have at least 10 now. So that, that, without that, I don't think Spider-Man would have had a shot. But now we have a couple extra, couple extra people get in. I'm going to see Spider-Man being led to the party here. You know, they did it with Black Panther... Um, they wanted it to, after Black Panther didn't win it, they want to introduce a whole best popular movie category, which is ridiculous and arbitrary. It didn't make any sense, so they got rid of it. And But I do think they still kind of want to push more popular movies or more, you know, more bigger movies, blockbuster movies, uh, into getting noms and stuff to generate views and generate people watching it. And so I would not be surprised at all if we saw Spider-Man sneak in for a best picture nom, you know, It'd be top of headlines. It'd be a big wordy sort of buzzy thing for the Oscars leading into the ceremony. And also a lot of people would like it. And there are 10 spots now open. So I think there's a little more wiggle room to, to give it room and still put in all the, all the ones people believe should be nominated. You know, like the Power of the Dog, who don't look sups. The, the big artsy-fartsy films could still stick in there. And then, you know, Spider-Man will have room in there as well, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I wouldn't say it's likely, but I do think there's a chance, especially with 10. I think the 9 and 10th spot is kind of up in the air. I have no idea what's really a contender here, and it could just be Spider-Man. I can see him just swooping in because everyone likes him, even the critics. This is 
even on Rotten Tomatoes critic score and Letterboxd, which is uh, more of like the highbrow film nerds, uh, it's still one of the highest rated films. Like it's one of the top yeah. 50 rated films on Letterboxd. Like it's the highest rated superhero film aside from Dark Knight and Spider-Verse, I believe. I think it's the third highest even rated above Joker. superhero film of all time. Uh, you yeah, know, oh yeah, it's higher than Joker. So with the, um, these extra spots, of course, to get nominated for Best Picture, you've got to be nominated for other categories. So can you see Spider-Man getting nominated for categories, of course, like visual effects, costuming, sound? Those ones feel probably the most obvious. Are there any other categories you think it could sneak in and get a nom besides just Best Picture or the, you know, the more technical award? Yeah, that that's we would the thing. I don't think it can. I, I don't think it really has a chance for any other noms. I really think they're just kind of hoping maybe <laughs> there's so many spots out of this 10 it might just sneak in with only two other noms. I think it'll get visual, and I think it could get sound. I don't see it getting. I don't even see it getting costume. There's so many great costumed films this year, and Spider-Man's yeah. kind of a bland. Like, there's the costume's not that great. I think yeah, so special yeah. effects. Yeah, I think it's up. only got the two. I think it should. I really do. You know, uh, we already discussed. I don't actually think this film is that great, but I do think what was great about this movie was Willem Dafoe. I think it should be supporting actor. Yeah, William Defoe really did crush it in this movie. Yeah, and I'm not even saying like he was the greatest performance of all time, but I am saying that uh, the supporting actor lineup of the four acting lineups, I think, is the weakest one so far. I that's what I'm saying. What, what what other performances are there right now for best supporting actor right now? Yeah, I'm trying to think that's of, the thing. I don't. I re- I've watched a lot like of. Like, don't look up. It's almost certainly going to get. I don't. Supporting yeah. though, like Jonah Hill's role wouldn't be good. No, no, I no, no, think. no. Don't look up's not getting a supporting actor. No, nah, so I was, it was the only movie I thought that had lots of supporting characters, but even then, supporting actor, I can't see getting a nom. Yeah, for. maybe actress for Meryl Streep, but actor, I don't think so. Yeah, Meryl Streep, I can see getting it, or I can see you possibly lead with Leo, but I, he's not supporting. Uh, here, let me pull up some of the movies here. Let's see if I can find any that have a good supporting actor. Yeah, who's got a good support? I haven't seen Power of a Dog yet. Do you know if that has a good supporting actor? Uh, yeah, well, cool. it's actually got. Yeah, the supporting actor for Cody Lee, Cody Smith. Uh, well, the, his first name is Cody. He's been winning most of the supporting actors. Oh, okay. Roles. See, I also haven't seen Belfast, which I think is an, you know, another one of the big Oscar ones. So I'm sure yeah. does that have Belfast a good supporting has actor? two supporting They both actors. have big ones? Okay. I also haven't seen Tragic Macbeth, but is there no. a supporting actor in there? No, no, I just watched it. Uh, Who plays Macduff? Is Macduff not good enough? He's good. I, I personally think every performance in there is great, but I think the two standouts is obviously uh, Denzel, Denzel Washington for Macbeth and then The Witch. I, uh, Francis McDormand was a Not even McDormand. Yeah. I'll, hey, you know me. I love Francis McDormand. My favorite I know, actress of all I'm time. Surprised. I, I thought this was more of a tame performance for her. She was great, but I walked away thinking, wow, Denzel was freaking Denzel awesome. Denzel was really fucking And awesome. the witch, uh, the woman who plays the witch, I think she should be winning supporting actors. I was so creeped out by her. She was insane. Yeah, I every time she was in the scene, I got, like, it was, it was awesome. So I think she was by far the best performance. But yeah, no supporting actor really made me go, oh, they should get in. I don't think anyone will. I Honestly, this whole year, now I'm thinking about, I haven't really seen any good supporting actor performances. I'm just trying to think if there's one that I'm missing. I'm trying to think in Dune. Dune had some good supporting actor performances for sure. There is, I don't know if but... Oscar uh, yeah, level. I don't think any acting noms will be going towards Dune. I think it's going to be going for all the technical that they aren't even going to bother pushing for any acting. Now, I, was, I was going to say that earlier when we were discussing with Spider-Man's chances of getting the best picture nom. I think Dune is the thing that's really going to 
if it, he doesn't, if Spider Man doesn't get the nom, and then Dune's the one that kills it. Because Dune's sort of fit in that role of the big box office sort of movie that's getting all the sweep in the technical categories, right? The best music, best special effects, all those kind of ways. For sure, getting the noms for all of those. Um, and I think it's going to win a lot of those. I don't think Spider Man's winning anything, even if it does get the nom. But I think they might kind of give the big box office flashy film towards Dune and kind of not worry so much towards Spider Man. I really looked through everything. I didn't see any movie that popped out to me as a big supporting acting contender. And so really, Defoe and yeah. Green Goblin, I, after consideration, I think it deserves it. I, I haven't seen anyone talk about it, though, which makes me think it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think it will. I was just saying that that would be one that would seem pretty pretty deserving because I, I, I think that's a great performance. It was a good performance for sure. Do I think it'll get anything else? I really don't. I think it'll get VFX... I don't even know if sound is a guarantee. Like, I don't think the sound's that great in it. What about score? Mind you, there's a lot of musicals this year. I feel score is going to be chalked. It's going to be tough to get in, I think. And, like, I think think this is one of the best years for score. Like, I could list off, like, five scores right now that I think are incredible. Um, So it's it's tough. I don't know if they'll get that either. What was that movie? I watched a movie just the other day that had an incredible score that took me by surprise. What was that movie? I've been watching too many movies recently. (laughs) Things like that get lost on Oh, and Spencer. It was Spencer. Thank you. Thank the score in Spencer was phenomenal. Thank you, Tristan. I was going to say, score in Spencer is it, it, one of the best scores I've heard in like a while. It is yeah. insane. I like the movie Spencer, uh, and, but one of the standouts of the whole movie for me was the score. I thought yeah. the score... Oh, yeah, the score is I thought the score crushed it. Yeah, no, I think the score is incredible. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I think Power of the Dog had a good score. I mm-hmm. think, uh, you know, Tragedy Macbeth had a great score. I think... Yeah, I think there's a lot of good... Dune. Dune is one of the best scores. Yeah, Dune. Dune's, I think Dune's winning best score, personally. Yeah. I think Dune's yeah. going to win. I think Dune's sweeping all the technical ones. I think Dune's going to crush at the Oscars. I really do. I, I can't really think of a technical category Just that's going to lose at. It looked and sound better than pretty much any other movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Like it looked and sound. The special effects, the you know, the music, the sound effects, everything looked and sounded phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to win all of them, really. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I honestly, have a good like, even as someone that doesn't love Dune, uh, I, I think it deserves it. I think technically, it's no, that's the thing. Yeah, even if you don't like the movie, find it boring, think it's long. That's fine. I agree with all those things. You know, that's very fair. But to say it doesn't look phenomenal or doesn't sound fantastic, that's you know, credit where it's due. Even if it's not your kind of movie, it looked and sounded fantastic. It looked great. The score is awesome. Even when I watched it at oh. home, that, that score was still great. Oh. The score was yeah. Do you think Chalamet's getting the the best actor nom or no? No, I know I don't think so. Do you think Chalamet could get the best supporting actor nom for a uh, the Dispatch? No, no, I don't think I think Dispatch is dead. I think I think Dispatch has production design nom and that's it. Do you think so? Eh? Yeah, no one's really talking about it anymore. It was it was out a few months ago. It's kind of already forgotten. No, okay. See, um, I don't really follow. Like I watch a lot of the big Oscar movies, but I don't really follow the buzz. You know what I mean? I don't really, yeah. I'm not in with what people are thinking is going to win. I just watch the ones that I hear about. Um, and then, of course, I always watch all the, the best fiction noms when they come out. So I, I never hear the buzz if people think this is going to win or that's going to win. I never really know any of Yeah, that. yeah, I'm kind of just going That kind of surprised me because I, I thought French Dispatch was quite good. Uh, as I mentioned, I haven't seen a lot of the big Oscar ones this year yet. I'm still behind on that, but I thought I it was a I, production design. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get into it when we do our list here, but I really oh. liked French Dispatch. I think oh, I knew you would. It's such a beautiful film. 
but yeah, you know, you just gotta cut your losses. I think all the movies I love aren't gonna get any recognition, which is fine. This is like the first year I've been super into film and the movies I love aren't the big contenders and it kind of makes the Oscars just more relaxing. I don't have any like, I'm not like, you know, worried. Oh, is my movie going to make it? I, I already know it's not. I got, you know, I'm, I'm just here to enjoy it now. I don't care anymore. Welcome to the club, Quentin. My favorite <laughs> movies never get wins. <laughs> Most people don't even consider my favorite movies movies. So that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, um, last year, Promising a Woman, it got a lot of noms. I was hoping it got something. Uh, the year before was Jojo and Parasite. You know, uh, this year, I, my favorites are making it. I'm okay with that. Even my favorite that is going to get some noms is Dune. That's that's the horse I'm back in here. I love yeah. Dune. And you Big know what? Uh, maybe that's why I'm hyped for Dune, Tristan, because I still like Dune. I don't. It's not like it's really my good. top five ever, but my top five aren't making it in. So I, you know, I, I gotta have some horse in the race. Why not Dune? I like Dune. I mean, I still haven't seen the big. Like I said, I still haven't seen Belfast and Power of the Dog. And those two sort of seem to be like the two. Yeah. The yeah. two ones I hear a lot about. And yeah, like I said, I'm not even in. The discussion, but I'm still getting lots with those two. So yeah, those yeah, are the two that really. Seem to be... I haven't seen Belfast yet, but yeah, those are the two contenders. Power of the Dog, Tristan, I actually thought was very good. I liked it a lot. I think yeah, it looks like it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a good movie. I don't think I'm gonna like love it, but I think I'm gonna enjoy yeah. it. For sure. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't love it, <laughs> but I do think I do think if it won Best Picture, uh, you know, it, it there there's worse winners, I guess. Yeah, it looks like a very high quality movie to say yeah, the least. It is well made. Like, even Tragedy of Macbeth, Tristan. I, I think it's got cinematography nom, and that's it. I, I think it's... Okay, well, Quentin, that 10 movies have to get nominated for Best Picture. So what do you think they are? What are your guesses for the 10? There's 10 movies get nominated for Best Picture. That's what I'm saying. I think Spider-Man could sneak in. Like, it, it, no one's talking about Macbeth. And it just came out, right? So if they're not talking about these movies, but online people yeah. are still talking about Spider-Man, why won't the vote just go, you know what? Yeah, that was a good movie. I'll throw a vote on it. I think it. Macbeth's release strategy wasn't smart. Come no, out like the wasn't. 29th, that was way too late. I really think it was just too late. I agree. I agree. I, I think I think it was a little too late. Like, I don't think The Witch is going to be nominated for Supporting Actress, even though that would have been a really great nom. I don't even think it's going to get nominated for Sound. I think it's the best sound I've heard in a film. Uh, you know, maybe Dune's better, but like, it's up there. Dune's I think, pretty good. I think, the, I think the sound in Macbeth, uh, in the theater, Tristan, there is like this like little like drip noise that like echoes in this eerie space. And man, in the theater, it was awesome. It was creepy. So yeah, I think the sound was really, really good. Are you suggesting people go to the theaters to see Tragic Macbeth? I recommend it. I do. It was my favorite theater experience of the year. Like, you know, I, I, Dune was great, but I did not have a good experience with that movie in the theater. So Macbeth was my theater experience. I loved it it was so good it was doing was probably my favorite experience that or no it no way home was a great movie theater experience as well uh i i don't like watching marvel movies with everybody yelling and screaming that's not my thing it was a terrible no, in my opinion i would hate it when you do that in any other movie it's part of the atmosphere for marvel movies in my i opinion. guess yeah that was my issue i'm more excited to watch it at home when it comes out i, I didn't have a good time in the theater mind you for me in this one in particular they only they didn't really it wasn't like they were being allowed. The audience was pretty respectful, pretty quiet. We watched the movie the whole time in silence. No one talked, no one cheered or anything, except for when a, uh, I guess I don't want to spoil things, but when the big reveal happens, then people cheered then, and that was really it. That was pretty pretty tame outside of that. I think that's fine. I think that's, that's respectful. Yeah, that's fine. My theater lost their freaking mind. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't think this is a spoiler, but I'll still keep it vague. When about 15 minutes in, some dude in a suit showed up 
they all started yelling and losing their mind. And Asia turned to me and she's like, who is this guy? Like, what, what are they yelling about? Oh, right. When that happened, when that happened, there was like a gasp from the audience, but that was really it. It was like a, <gasps> and that was, you know, that was, that was, so that was react to uh, that was so dumb. Like, why are you losing your mind over that? I don't know. Pe people are crazy. People are nuts. I don't know. I was pretty taken. Me and, me and Hayden were both, we were, we were both the ones gasped, but we were pretty shocked. <laughs> we were pretty excited. Hey, it was a fun cameo. I, it was a fun scene, but like, yeah, yeah. I've never, I've never once yelled in a movie theater. Uh, he, he didn't yell, but I did yell in a movie theater before, and it's because everyone in the theater was yelling. It was still in game, and they, uh, he picked up the hammer. I, I yelled. That was freaking awesome. Yeah, maybe I yelled when I was like a kid, but I, I can't remember a recent memory of me yelling in a theater. Uh, no, because when we were kids, Quentin, we were respectful in theaters. When we saw yeah, Spider-Man right. 3 in theaters, there wasn't a single peep from the audience. <laughs> There's also only three of us in there, and it was me and Quentin and our mom, but it was silent the whole way through. And that's because me and Trista were like trying to hold back tears from how beautiful that movie was. Oh, we were trying not to cry. You know, Every yeah. emotional beat landed. Yeah. And my little nine-year-old heart, I felt it. The only time I have, from my memory, yelled during a movie was at home when I watched Fight Club for the first time and they did the reveal. I was actually so blown away. I actually just yelled like, whoa! I yell at movies all the time when I'm at home. I'm a very, I'm a very uh, receptive audience. You know, yeah. I talk to them a lot. I laugh a lot during movies, like during comedy. I laugh I, a lot too, oh yeah. It's a, it's, a whole, it's a whole visceral experience for me watching a film. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I react the most during, yeah, comedies. Those are the ones that I react to the most. Comedies, uh, horror movies, I'm a, I'm a chicken for jump scares. They always get me. Yeah, it depends on the jump scare. There's definitely some good ones that can get you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I watched the first Conjuring movie a couple days ago, so. Yes, I just watched, uh, I'm currently, that's what I paused before doing this podcast. That was Conjuring 2. I'm, yeah, I'm binging the Conjuring right now. Yeah, I'm about 10 minutes into the Conjuring 2. Oh, okay. Well, look, look at that. We're on the same page. <laughs> We're watching the same movie after this. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it's, the second one's not on a streaming service, right? Okay, here. Uh, well, so I didn't realize the first was on a streaming service, but both the first and the second is on Netflix in another country. So we have the VPN. We set it up. We're ready to go. I don't know what happened, Tristan, but this month, Netflix decided they no longer like the VPN. Really? So now the VPN doesn't work. So now we have a VPN for nothing because we used to just watch other. Do all VPNs not work, or is it like the VPN you're using kind of got you know, or is it like any VPN that don't work for Netflix? I believe it's all because what happens is you start a movie and you watch about five minutes of it, and then it freezes and it says we've noticed that you're using a VPN. You need to turn it off before you can watch the movie. Huh? Yeah, that's the warning it gives you. So, yeah interest because netflix used to be very pro vpn right weren't they like telling you hey we don't might not have it here but if you have a vpn you could find it they stopped doing that a long time ago i know, that yeah, was I know back they stopped in, it a while ago that was back in netflix's infancy when they're still you know but i think now they're just getting too much i think it's litigation problems are they getting shit from the production company i think netflix doesn't care themselves they only have certain contracts to stream certain movies in certain areas of the world right unfortunately yeah i don't think uh, the vpn's helping us out anymore which is a bit of a bummer. Yeah. But yeah, that so is. I'm halfway through Conjuring 2. I might just find another way to watch it because I was just watching 10 minutes. Then it would have the block up. Then I would refresh. Like if you just hit the refresh, it just continues. But I would have to get up and refresh it every time. So, you know, not as ideal oh. anymore now. The is it because you're plugging your laptop into the TV? Yeah. 
what I do for that Quentin, and this is a big brain move. All right, I got a wireless mouse, so I can sit from my couch and control my computer, which is hooked up to the TV. I'm sitting up. Big brain play, buddy. Spider Man, do you want to call it now? Yes or no? It's going to make it on the top ten best picture lineup for the you know what? Oscars. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say yes. What are you thinking? I'm going to say no. I, I feel like. It's not going to, but I still think there's a chance. Like I would say, 25% chance. I think it could break it. Uh, like I'm not confident in it, but uh, you know, I the fact that there's a chance. Which, if you asked me three weeks ago, I would have said no, no chance. Yeah. No chance. But now, now I'll there's a chance. You think? Eh? I, I, I think so. I think with the having ten a uh, minimum now, I think Oscars are really going to try to. To appeal more to a general audience this year because it wasn't last year the lowest watch Oscars in history of Oscars. So I think they're going to try to get a little more broad appeal, try to get the youths excited for the Academy Awards. And so I think they're going to stick Spider Man in there. Now, in fairness to 2020, it was lowest watched year for everything. Like, I don't think that was a thing. That's a good, yeah, that's a good point. But in all fairness, how, how big was 2019 Oscar? I think every year it's getting lower and lower. I'm wondering. And 2019 was the biggest year for movies ever right 2019 was huge for movies and it's a lot of low rating oscars why i i keep hearing the big oh well if they're in it it's gonna bring in viewers do, do are people actually gonna sit down and watch two hours of the oscars to see if spider-man no way home wins best picture do the marvel fans care i feel like they don't care about oscars like they're so irrelevant <laughs> like they're the two separate groups here i don't know if they will ever intertwine oh no i agree i don't think putting spider-man on there you don't get the big hardcore Marvel fans to turn on to the Oscars. I don't think the big hardcore Marvel fans really care, right? Unless they're also movie buffs, but then they're you know they're in both camps there. I think more so having Oscar, having Spider-Man in there will get the Oscars talked about more in news headlines, in articles, in interviews with you know Tom Holland was interviewing for other films, Uncharted and whatnot, right? The last one with the Oscars and Spider-Man chance at winning the Oscars. It'll get the Oscars discussed more. It'll get it more buzz. Get it more talked about. More clicked on. More tweeted at. That kind of stuff. And that sort of generating just people talking about it in the public conscience, more lay people who aren't too clued in to movies or even Marvel stuff, they're just kind of hearing buzz around, oh, the Oscars are tonight. Well, i got nothing better to watch tonight. I'll turn it on. I feel most people don't even know the Oscars are on, let alone actually turning it on and watching it, right? So I think having Spider-Man in there will get it more talked about in general so more people actually just know the Oscars are coming up, when the Oscars are, that kind of stuff. I think that can help drive clicks. I want to quickly check to see if there was a bump in 2018 because Black Panther was nominated. That's a good point. Yeah, so the number of viewerships in millions, it would actually technically be the 2019 Oscars, right? Because it was a 2018 movie. Yeah. So 2021. Uh, Which would have been the first year. Without, okay, yeah. So in all, this, there's always asterisks to things. This was also the year the Oscars had the controversy having to kick him out for, for not being allowed to host it because he controversial jokes in the past and that whole shit storm got kicked up that year so i don't know if that would have also had an impact on viewership as well but go ahead with the numbers what are they that's giving them more buzz right more attention to the oscars true so, but i think there was also a big push hashtag boycott the oscars that year or whatever because they're being mean to kevin hart i think there were people who were who were mad about it yeah. up stink about it. Yeah, all five of the kevin hart fans were pissed that day kevin hart's huge man yeah he, he, <laughs> he's i'm just kidding He's uh, the, the, the highest-grossing stand-up comedian of all time. Is Kevin Hart? Maybe people need better taste in comedy then. If he's the number one, 
His stand-up is pretty alright. I like his stand-up. I like I think I like him hard in general. He's fine, you know. He's no Bo Burnham or anything. Bo Burnham's the, my favorite stand-up comedian. Yeah. All right, so we got 2021, which was the newest one, 9.8 yeah. million, which is a huge drop from 2020's Oscars, which was 23.6. The one with Black Panther in the 2019 Oscars was 29.6, and then the year before that uh, was actually uh, a bit lower, 26.5. So it was actually a three million bump before it went back down another 5 million. So, you know, there was you know, three more million people that viewed it uh, that year. So the, And I was wrong. I'm sorry. It was the 2020 Oscars, the 2019 movie was the whole Kevin Hart thing. It was two Oscars ago. Okay. Yeah, 2020. So, yeah, it was the Oscars afterwards. So this one would be almost entirely due to Black Panther or possible other things we're just forgetting that might have happened back then. But it does seem like that's a substantial bump, right? Yeah, it's the only year... That didn't go down. It, 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 you know, it stayed. It went up a little bit, but it pretty much stayed consistent. Like the year before that, it was thirty-two. So like it's slowly. But didn't it, wait, wait. So what was how much people watched it in twenty twenty? The last year's Oscar. No, two years ago, twenty twenty Oscars. Uh, that would have been twenty-three point six. And twenty twenty-one Oscars. Nine point eight. That's an oh, that's a sixty percent drop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, once again, yeah. The, anything to do with last year was just insane. Yeah, it was brutal. You yeah, know, but that's that's like beyond brutal. That's oh yeah. <laughs> if they have another sixty percent drop this year, you'd be looking at them pulling like five million. Even if they stay, network television shows beat that. Like network television shows beat nine million. Yeah, like even if they stay consistent i would still call that a loss like if it does not go back oh, if they stay consistent that's 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 massive loss if they yeah. if they do like at this point looking like what like below 18 million would probably be pretty sad like that's still yeah. a five million drop from the year prior to 2020 yeah 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 i would agree i, I think my prediction would be yeah from 15 to the 18 million dollar range i still think it's going to be pretty low because not many people are like you know people are watching spider-man but before him every other movie has like lost profit Right. I, agree. I don't think it's gonna be above 20 or yeah. anything I mean, it is huge huge yeah but uh, if they can get back into like the high double digits i consider it a win if it's anything over 16 million i, I think if it's lower than I that agree. they're in trouble yeah and so i think this year though this year in particular they're gonna try anything they can even if putting black panther only increases you by 3 million 3 million is 3 million at this point buddy that brings it from 9 million to 12 that's huge that's a 25 percent increase right now they need that 3 million Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, even like 2010, uh, over 40 million. That that was 10 years ago. Wow. Wow. My 2010 was when Avatar was nominated. Uh, but like 2013, that was also over 40 million. It's really dropped just as past. Mind you, I also think though back then there was no streaming stuff, so you would just turn on TV. Oh, what's on TV tonight? Oh, the Oscars are on tonight. Okay, let's turn that off. Yeah. Now, how many people turn on TV? Go, oh, what's playing tonight? Compared to how many people turn on Netflix? Go. Oh, let's keep watching Cobra Kai. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's probably why the biggest drop in there from the 40 down to the 20. I think the 40 down to the 20 is the people who no longer just channel surfing, looking for something to watch. Oh, hey, Oscars, why not? I, I, I think, but the 20 million that they had back in 2019, back in 2020, those are people who would go, oh, I'd like to watch the Oscars. I'll go put that on. And in 20, 2021, it was pretty, pretty, pretty sad compared to that. Yeah, it is kind of crazy how it's only been the last six years. Yeah, 2015 onward is where it's had the drop. And I think, when did we get Netflix? We got it, we got it before 2015. We got like 2013, I think. Yeah, we got, you know, so around there. When, you know, that was probably around 
wide scale adaptation of streaming service started to kick in and cord cutting became more of a possibility no longer having cable and i've never had cable in any houses i've had you know i mean I, I'll, i've never paid for cable i probably will never pay for cable or satellite or any sort of other you know television service the other story i had here was back to which the- also actually before we move on from the oscars can I say one more thing with the oscars because this is actually one more thing that i've had problems with because i've never had cable including a couple years ago it's so hard for you to watch the Oscars if you don't have cable. The Oscars have to partner up with some streaming service or even YouTube to do them live on YouTube. Do it live somewhere else where people who don't have cable can watch it. Because I think that's another massive problem. I only caught half of the 2019 Oscars because I spent the first half trying to find how I can watch it. Looking at all these different methods. Even if I had to pay $5 to stream it live, that's fine. But I couldn't find anything. There's no other way for me to watch the Oscars unless you had cable. And that's that's super annoying for people who don't have cable. So I think making the Oscars easier to watch is another thing they have to focus on. But no one's going to be talking about that or they don't seem to be trying to do anything new with that, right? Get away from the, the, the network television channels and go on a streaming service, YouTube, even Twitch, like something like that. Another sort of way to get in out there for people who don't have cable because that will also help you bump up your viewers, right? That's a good point, actually. I It was pretty tough to find ways to find it the last two years when I was watching them. I really do think if they sit down and make like a deal with some streaming site, how much will the streaming site pay to throw it on there? I'm sure they'll make just as much money as they would on cable. Maybe. Well, more. it really depends. Is this the Oscars that's going to have 40 million people watching, Oscars are having 20 million people watching, and Oscars are having 9 million people watching? They're going to pay different amounts for all three of those Oscars, right? Yeah. They should have been doing this two years ago when they were still having like 20 They should have done it two years ago. Absolutely. Yeah, like around 29 million, like they, they could have gotten some good offers. The last year being 9 million, yeah, it might be tough. It might be tough to get a streaming service to want to pick that up. I think the ones that would pick it up would probably be Apple TV or maybe. If you put it on Netflix, right, per se, Netflix is probably, you know, the most obvious one would be Netflix. The issue is, though, I will understand how it's not biased because there's two different people that. People who are voting it and the people who are running the show are completely separate. They have no idea what the other one's doing and they're completely independent and they do their own thing. So I know it wouldn't be rigged. It wouldn't be unfair. But for a layman person watching at home who doesn't really know that, doesn't know how the Oscars work, clicks on Netflix. Oh, and the Netflix movie wins three Oscars in a row because it's a really good movie this year. Netflix had a really good year that year. It might feel a little biased, but when it was on CBC or BBC or whatever channel it was on for you, it, it, it wouldn't feel that way because CBC doesn't make movies. Do Netflix as the example for this year because it's a good one. Netflix gets the rights to it. Obviously, whoever gets the rights is going to push their movies that are contenders. So on the homepage, you turn on Netflix, the big icon, the Oscars, playing tonight. Click on this uh, at 8 p.m. or just click on it and it'll be set up for you. Right underneath it, it says... Uh, on Netflix, Oscar contenders, they would hype up the movies that are nominated for their, right? Like, I think that'd be the draw for a f- streaming service to pick up the Oscars. If Netflix really knew what they're doing and want to put some money into this to make it even better, they can have, like, win Power of the Dog. That's a Netflix movie, right? Power of the yep. Dog? Okay, I thought so. I, I thought it was a Netflix one. Say that one wins Best Lead Actor. I don't know if it's nominated for that yep. or not. Let's say it wins it, right? They can even have it pop up, like, you know, right in the corner, the little symbol, little poster for power the dog and say add to your watch list you just hit the button adds it right to your watch list or even have an option to yep. watch now you can click on and watch the movie right now you know if it wins best picture the end of best picture it's 
don't look up and then the banner for don't look up and watch right now you can hit right there and watch you know or add to your watch list that kind of stuff too right you can get you in the show for when your movies are winning oscars get nominated for oscars but you can just right there add it to the watch list as they're watching the oscar yeah no no it will be it'll be huge for streaming services to actually implement this uh if and I really if Oscars were actually smart and they want to do it in a way say, that I really think the Oscars are just stuck in their ways. Uh, hopefully they kind of change it up. But yeah, I think Netflix could really hype it up, have like a Oscar nomination section of all their movies that are nominated. But for this year, as the example, if Power of the Dog wins Best Picture, which it has a good chance, I, I think it's one of the main contenders here. If it does win and it's the first year that a streaming service bought the Oscars and ended up being Netflix, yeah, it, it might look like a yeah it might be a bad luck it's, it's tough one thing i thought of just as we're discussing it as another possible solution to this then what if they put it on pretty much all the streaming services they have a contract with netflix with crave with hbo with disney with apple right for a much smaller pieces of the pie rather than the exclusivity deal of course but just the rights to have it on their streaming services and they have it on all the streaming platforms so everybody can watch it no one's excluded if you don't have crave or you don't have hbo or you don't have apple or whatever it's on you, you will have at least something that's on and it won't feel biased because all the streaming services and the cable network television shows all have it, are all playing the Oscars. And it's clearly not their buddy-buddy with Netflix. It's their buddy-buddy with Prime and Apple and everybody else. Yeah. It, it's a nice idea, but that just wouldn't work. The issue with that is logistics, yeah. right? Will you get them all to play nice? Are they all going to be willing to pay the same amount? Or can yeah, you, gonna can say you say charge these, them all the same yeah. amount if Netflix can have way more viewership? All exactly. that kind of stuff. I was going to say right? there's no reason why Apple will ever pay for it because the whole point of getting exclusivity is to draw people into your service. But if you have the Oscars and if Netflix has the Oscars, no one's even going to bother going to Apple plus they already have Netflix. What if they don't charge you for it? What if they just keep having running ads on the Oscars and they just put it on all the platforms for free, just give it to the platforms for free to host and put on the platforms, right? Oscars makes all the money off of the back end of the ads that are playing through it. But because they're going to be, more people are watching it. Advertisers are going to be willing to pay more for it, so they're still making more money in the long run. I don't but know. But the also, issue with that is, though, that's just something that Netflix, Amazon, Apple, none of them have ever done things like that before, right? I that's was not. Say, a, I was like, I don't know if do. Netflix would ever want ads because that's the whole. That's oh, the whole I'm not thing. thinking like ads throughout the show. Just more like a, you know, like ads. This channel, this video is sponsored by Dish Plate or you know, whatever Lunap or whatever the. Uh, you know, G Fuel, right? And then they just have the sponsorship within the program. So whoever's hosting the category will be like, and this category is brought to you by Chex Mix. <laughs> Best supporting actor is brought to you by Geico. Save 50% on car insurance. You know, they could do ads that way throughout the show. <laughs> and viewers will hate it. I think we're slipping here, Tristan. Imagine if you're watching the Oscars, like this real esteemed award <laughs> show, and they're like, this is brought to you by Chex Mix. <laughs> I picked Chexmix on purpose. It's something stupid. It'd be way funnier. <laughs> Real life probably like Rolexes. Chexmix is way funnier. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a good idea. I do like the idea of putting it all on one streaming service. I think you put it on streaming service in general. So just have it not just be on a cable network. Yeah. And another idea, of course, would always be YouTube. YouTube would, all honestly, could possibly be the best way to do it. Because YouTube ads are a very real thing. YouTube already has one of the best accesses to it. Because you can pay 50 bucks for YouTube Live, and then you can watch it there. 
And if there's no other option right now, why would YouTube make it more convenient for everybody when they, like, I think that's the best way people without cable can access it is to pay. For oh, I see. Right. I always forget those things exist, like Sling or YouTube Live or those other sort yeah. of like a, yeah non-cable cable subscriptions yeah so i think yeah i think youtube is probably the biggest access to it and you have to pay 50 bucks for it so i i, I think youtube's kind of hoping they don't get their shit together and just keep using their service for 50 bucks well it's exclusively on regular youtube because that that in the long run could be more beneficial for youtube yeah, yeah, maybe like one year they go on a streaming service and then the next year I think YouTube would then pick it up. I think that'd be the route. I would like it for, I would like it to be just off cable. I feel angering themselves to cable is hurting way more than it's helping them. And I think 2020 proved that. Cause I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people cut cables in 2020. You're cutting costs. I don't really need cable anymore. I'm using Netflix and Prime and stuff way more. You cut cable, you keep the Prime and the subscription services. You lose live sports. You lose the Oscars once a year. Who cares? Not a big deal. You don't really worry about it, right? Of course, the Oscars, oh, I guess I can't watch it. Who cares? Not a big deal, right? But if it was on Netflix, hey, why not? I'll put it on. It's on Netflix. I already have it. I'll throw one more idea here to you, Tristan. All right, let's see All if right. I think this is good. What let's if see. the Oscars yep. just hosted themselves? They, on their own website, have the live Oscars. You pay 30 bucks to get access into the VIP viewing or whatever they want to call it. And then they just host it there. They'll obviously have to pay to have the servers be able to have people yeah. watch it live. Is it exclusive or is it as another alternative to cable as well? Uh, yeah, even just, yeah, just as an alternative. That's fine. Cause I was going to say yeah, I think exclusively, this would never work at all. Right. Cause mom and dad or, you know, grandparents and aunts and uncles, they're not going on there to oscars.com and hooking their laptop up their TV to put it on. Right. You know what I mean? But like people like you and me who are big movie buffs who don't have cable, I'd be willing to do whatever it takes to go watch the Oscars yeah. if it's easy to get a good quality stream, bucks. right? So that I, I would for sure do. I but it would no, like, it would never be able to get surpass like twenty million people going on there at once. They just wouldn't do it. Not yeah. to mention how expensive those servers would be. It wouldn't be feasible. I want to think. No, yeah, yeah. I think doing it uh, with cable would be a good idea because yeah, you have the the older demographic which has cable, and then you got the newer demographic. That wants to watch it but they just don't have access to it. yeah even 30 bucks uh i'll pay because the only other alternative is youtube live which is 50 so even 30 seems like a much better deal like they could still make some good money off of it and it is like a, you know a pay-per-view stream a three-hour yeah. pay-per-view stream how long does those normally cast cost they're normally 25 30 bucks something like that that sounds about right i also to do something like that i don't think they would need their own create their own system and server and website and everything they could just put that on like YouTube has a rental service or Amazon Prime has rental services, yeah. any sort of video rental app, wherever you rent videos and movies, you can just rent it from there. Yeah. And that could work. I think making that pay-per-view stream would be great. I think it's a great idea. Have it on cable and have it be a pay-per-view stream for those without cable. I think that's genius. I would be one of the ones who buy the pay-per-view stream. No questions asked. Yeah, I would too. And I think that way we don't have to worry about any biasness with different streaming services. It still has the exclusivity. So, you, you know, you, people got to go out and get it. I'm surprised they haven't really tried anything. They really are, like, stuck in their ways. Yeah, like, they haven't tried to get in the off case. That's hurting them. They're purposely shooting themselves in the foot at that point. But I'm not surprised, because one thing, I, I don't know much about the Academy, but I know that they're all dinosaur-aged idiots. They're all so old and white, and, they're, you know, that's all they know is black and white movies and cable television. And that's all they got. They're not moving away from that. Black and white? Is that why Belfast is going to win? Almost certainly. That's why Artist won, wasn't it? <laughs> They love that shit. I do yeah. the black and white or artsy farts. It's all, they're all for that. Yeah. They yeah. love things set back in old times. 
Yeah, they like Belfast or Spencer. Get out of here. Get get out. Yeah, Spencer was set in the 80s. Are you kidding me? That was three years ago. All right, they want something older than. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like, wow, this is so modern. Yeah, this is way too recent. I don't want modern history on my TV. It's, I can just put on the news if I wanted to talk about like yeah. yeah, they really are stuck in their ways when, what, the two big contenders is a black and white film and a western? Yeah, sounds about right. When is this, the 50s? Come on. <laughs> film noir and westerns are being big. I guess my, my Belfast is I don't know what Belfast is about. Uh, I think I heard a description of it once. Actually, no, that's not true. I heard a description of Belfast. I can't remember what it was. It seems like something I'd be into. It seems like something I would like. Yeah, I, I've heard it's very, yeah. No, I've heard it's good on well, you know what? Uh, we don't really got any of those stories. We can talk about those next week if we need to. Uh, that's everything on our end. Uh, anything else you want to talk about for, I like, guess, Yeah, there is one thing I was, I was wanting to talk about. Just because I just finished before watching this podcast, finished watching Coda, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. mentioned that earlier on Apple TV. I don't want to talk about the movie because we're going to talk about all the reason I watched it. Uh, but the one thing I was wanting to discuss to you, how would you think the Golden Globes would have reacted to Coda? Because this is a movie, if you don't know what Coda's about, it's about a daughter who's being raised where her parents and her older brother are deaf, and so they don't talk, they all use sign language, right? Meaning this movie is about 60 to 70% subtitles. However, the only spoken language is English. It's made in America by an American production company, just like Minari, but majority of it still had subtitles that wasn't spoken in English. Where do you think they would put it? Foreign or domestic? <laughs> that is a this was my thinking, right? Where are you going to put that? Yeah, that, that's a hilarious question. They, they would definitely put it in. Uh, they they wouldn't put it in international because it was literally. Just but then English. it just shows so much hypocrisy. I it's know. Just as American or just as foreign as Minari is. Just all same exact same situation, except they're using a different language that they're translating to subtitles. That's the only difference. It shows massive racism if that's the case. <laughs> like it's yeah. that's my only thing to watch. It like the, the Golden Globes would hate this. Movie. Well, the Golden Globes had their nominations. I didn't even look at it. I didn't even. Looking at I them. do not care. The Golden Globes are a freaking joke. They yeah. do not matter. Yeah, I didn't even bother looking at it because I heard that they were kind of just boring nominations, so I didn't even bother. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, if there's some wacky ones, maybe I take a look, but that wasn't even the case. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We yeah. forgot about the other supporting actor, lead contender here, Tristan. Jared Leto for House of Gucci, baby. I still haven't seen that one. Oh, my God. Wait, that one's not on our list, is it? Nope. No. How do they not get put on our list? There's I'm a so lot excited. That didn't crack there. Yeah, there, there's a few. Yeah. I still actually have one spot open, don't I? I can put whatever I want in that one. <laughs> Tris is like, <laughs> I could add House of Gucci, baby. Well, Hayden told me to... Hayden, our younger brother, who's in the podcast with us, he told me today, Quentin. You know what he told me today? What? He says that me and you... Andrew is the only one who picked good movies. He says, me and you picked bad movies, <laughs> according to Hayden. Okay. He says, our list sucks. Yeah. He's like, Andrew is the only one picking good movies. I'm like, what? So, uh, yeah, Andrew told me that too. She was like, oh, I was playing uh, video games with your sister because, you know, and, and our sister was talking to Hayden. And yeah, and Andrew was like, you know what uh, your sister said? I picked the best movies this year. And I was like, <laughs> Hayden's full of crap. I like my list. My list. My list is always the weirdest list, which is what hey, I tend to go for. I'm not here to brag or anything. I think my list is the best. What's your list? What? Your list is full of very Quentin movies. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, I, I did not pick movies that I thought we would all like. If I did, there's actually a few that I think were really good that you guys would like, but you guys didn't pick it. That's on you. Uh, I wasn't picking what you guys liked. I And also, what I yours, you, of all the, I have 12 movies left. Uh, a third of them are from your list, Quentin. So, like, I still have a lot of your list I got to watch. Oh, okay. 
compared to everyone else's. What an am I? Am I really not hyping you up for it? No, you've done this for two years in a row now. I think maybe all three years. A lot of your movies come out near the end of the year. A lot of them come out like and half end of December. I swear, a That's whole bunch fair. of them are like That's like October to but December. I, so we're like five of your movies are. I would say actually, I think mine are the easiest to access. Only one of them is in theaters. The rest are all online right now. Yeah, but all of mine are online right now. None of mine are in theaters. I guess yeah. Flea is tough to find, but that's only because yeah. we just can't find it. Yeah. Case everybody listening isn't aware, yeah, we got a 2021 ranking. Uh, going to be big. Yeah, yeah. When are, big. when are we recording this? When's this happening? So it should be out uh, first week of February. It's going to be It's going to be a long one. Yeah, Back lunch. Yeah. Well, I think we'll do two parts like what we did last time. Last time did we do two parts? Yeah, yeah. I, I almost have a good thing that that's a yeah, eight-hour <laughs> podcast is a little daunting to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we discussed it last year. I'm sure we did. But yeah, me and Tristan, at like the four or five hour mark, we were ready to keep going, baby. We were, Andrew was sitting there like, is this what you guys did last year? This is terrible. I want to go to bed. Did we do it all in one shot last time? No, we did. We, we had to cut it because Andrew was done. She was like, that's okay. it. Yeah, I need to go to bed. I know that you were going to do it in more than one uh, section. But e each one will still be like a good four to five hours. Oh, oh, it's going to be real long. It's the whole night. Yeah, it took us two hours to discuss 11 Spider-Man movies, and we got 30 movies? Oh, man. And there's only two of us talking about Spider-Man. It's going to be four oh, of yeah. us. Oh, yeah, it'll be four of us. Yeah, it'll be, be chaotic. Yeah. Well, this is our fun. first time doing it with four people, because last time Wellen didn't do it with us. Yeah, yeah, this will be our first with four. I think there'll be more discourse in this one. Yeah, and I also think it's more divided. I obviously haven't seen the list yet, but my, the vibe is, I think uh, Hayden and I have vastly different uh, lists. I think you and Hayden are going to be the most polar opposites. Andrew will probably be a little closer to you, and I'll probably be pretty close in the middle, I would think. I feel like I'm probably going to split the difference between you and Hayden. Yeah. I think it's, we both like artsy farts and stuff more than Hayden, but we like, I prefer more big box office action stuff more than you and Andrew do for sure, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I think most of the Marvel films, Andrew. And then I and I'm very open with my biases of age films. So those are going to be, you know, they get the, the, the at least one or two second, one or two spot spike for me on all all accounts. It was a little higher than you guys have. Yeah, and like, I guess the Marvel movies and stuff. You know, Andrew will be the one that'll be in the biggest disagreement. I think. Yeah, she will hate those ones the most. Yeah, you know, I think each movie there'll be someone's time to shine. I think uh, it'll, it'll be fun. Uh, that's everything on our end. Have a fantastic day, guys. See ya.